Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show Turn Podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you an appreciation piece like the one we just released featuring show fan Michelle, who brought us a Mystery Solvers clip about the origins of the term butt rock, as well as her story about how she lost her lower leg, which puts mine to shame. But on Mondays, we bring you a recap of the previous week's TBTL shows, so that's why we're here. My name is Mike Frizzell, also known as Jail Dude, and joining me to help break down the week are two of my favorite co-hosts, definitely in the top seven, the first of which is just up the freeway in the PetSmart studios, PetSmart, where the pets fart, is <laughs> Meredith all the way Mayhan. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. And from a longer semi-frozen stretch up I-35 from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota is Anne. Would you like me to wrap this for you, Lundholm? Hello, Anne. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Uh, a good portion of that highway is now frozen. Uh, yes, I'm looking uh, right now at the uh, upper Midwest. Uh, there's a preview of the Seahawks and Green Bay game, and it's snowing quite heavily there. Is it snowing in Minnesota as well? Yeah, it snowed all night. Not too much snow, probably about five inches, and it's doing one last pass, and then I think it'll be done for the day. And you're you're in for the day, though. You're not. You don't have to go out anywhere. Um, I had a cake fail this morning. What? So if I decide that I need to do a do-over, I have to go and get more cranberries and another orange. So I'm. I'm debating. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Is it worth putting your life in your hands to brave the storm? It's cake. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to have to think about it. Hmm. Well, you have that business to think about. We're going to do some some of our LRB business here. We'll, we'll have the weekend review. We have some housekeeping and then let people know how to get involved with the show so they might be able to get on one of those Friday shows. Maybe just chop your leg off and come up with a good story and then we'll get you on. <laughs> Right away. Um, starting with the business, more m- more money coming in, and we have a jam tracker update. We do. We um, had a donation from Farron Shear. I don't know if that's how you say your name, Farron. It looks pretty. But that's how I'm going to say it. She's in San Diego, uh, and we appreciate it very much. Well, we yes, Farron, we appreciate it. Uh, and I see on the run sheet, you're going to be on another podcast this week. Is it baking related or is it uh, retail related? <laughs> it's baking related. Um, it is the podcast of our friend and Wagoneer, Andrea Ballard. She and her friend Stefan started a baking podcast called Preheated, and they asked me to be their first guest. So we did a short interview, and I talked about how I got into baking and what kind of things I like to bake, and um, it was a good time. And that episode is going to drop uh, the same day that this episode drops on Monday. So it's if you like baking, it's a fantastic podcast. I subscribed right away and listened to all the episodes, and now I know why butter is so expensive, and we talked about different kinds of pans, and Mm. um, they pick a recipe every week, and then they make it that week and come back and kind of do a debrief on it the next week. It's really a fun show. So all my baking friends, get on that. I think uh, Jeremy helped her get that podcast set up, and he received some fudge that we saw some pictures of in the mail. We were all jealous of it. Jeremy... Um, despite my feelings about him, other people really like the guy and he uh, reaped the <laughs> rewards of being nice and helping Andrea get her podcast 
set up. Uh, we have an, a pup date, Meredith. Yeah, minor pup date. Um, it's been a bit chilly in, in Dallas this past week, and I've realized that Eddie's thin chihuahua blood doesn't agree with this weather very much, and he does not want to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> he he loves to spend we have a big backyard big fenced in yard and he loves to go out there and spend time and he'll sit up on those little platforms and just bake in the sun and 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 survey the yard and look at squirrels and and sleep out there and he loves it and uh the last few days he just has gone outside maybe three times a day inside outside you know immediately comes back in mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's because he's chilly and he doesn't like the cold. <laughs> and Molly, our older dog who grew up in Michigan, is like, whatever, she's laying down on the cement. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't care. Uh, so we went and got him a sweater, a couple sweaters last night. And uh, there's an adorable picture on my Facebook page. I made it public so you don't have to be my friend to see it. Everyone should go check it out. Um, he looks very, very cute. And I think he likes it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it makes him feel snug and warm. Not like the Chewbacca costume? No, that really kind of irritated him, probably because it had a hood. <laughs> uh, our dog, Abby, she's pretty maddening when it comes to cold weather or wet weather because she knows she needs to go out. She feels the urge to go out uh, and you'll open the door for her and she'll stand and do an assessment. You know, while the cold air is, is flying into the house, she's, she stands there with her head out the door going, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, not sure. And then you either have to like slap her little buttons and go or just slam the door and say, okay, well, when you really have to go, then then we'll open the door again because she'll stand there for a minute or two mm-hmm. considering whether to go out. And that's that's some BS when you don't want your house <laughs> to get freezing cold. All right. So I guess that's it for business. Uh, week in review. Meredith, you have Monday. Monday, 2265. TBTL live from Chicago. Uh, this episode starts with an ad for Sock Club. Uh, Andrew mentions, <laughs> I think the most notable part of this is that he mentions he's wearing tonight socks um, <laughs> that he got from Sock Club. And I immediately thought of little cut off khaki socks with a sock belt. <laughs> I want to get in on Sock Club for sure. Uh, and if that's what Sock Club is selling, I'm not buying it. I think I think Michelle and I could split a membership. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. That's a really good idea. <laughs> um, they are in Chicago. Andrew exclaims that he loves Chicago. Luke is entranced by the CTA Santa train. Uh, that seems to be all he can look at. Um, Andrew's also still sick. So his illness from the previous week is carried on and he's got a kit for podcasting while sick, which includes Robitussin, Advil and tissue. Although those aren't like rescue fixes. Those aren't going to help him immediately other than the tissue. So I'm not sure what the point of that was. Um, but yeah, he sounded okay. It doesn't yeah. sound like he, he didn't cough or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat, uh, Luke admits that he's been misquoting Arrested Development this whole time. Whenever he says he's not a Carl Weathers par excellence, it's actually <laughs> par exemple, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes a lot more sense, actually. And he right? never would have known if Andrew hadn't sat him down and said, listen, buddy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to share something in love. Yes. Peace and love. 
Andrew went to Miller's Pub, um, somehow complained that the service was too fast. For God's sake. <sighs> There's no pleasing this poor man. <laughs> he said the food was fine, and he tried to covertly order a rack and a half of ribs without really ordering a rack and a half of ribs. Because he didn't want to gross out his pretty waitress. What, you just like add an extra rib at a time? Well, maybe I'll take one more rib. (laughs) One more rib. I mean, do people really think the server gives any shits about what people order? Apparently. This goes back to to Andrew's kind of uh, general shyness, because then he talks about how he sat next to a lady on the plane to Chicago who may or may not have been attractive, but he doesn't know because he couldn't look at her. (laughs) I've done that. There was a guy at my office who was really cute, and I just avoided making eye contact with him <laughs> for years <laughs> because I felt I felt like if I actually looked him full in the eye, then he would know that I was into him. And he was married, so I didn't, you know, he would want see to send, into your soul. <laughs> yeah, want to send any weird messages about what I might or might not be thinking. So I just averted my eyes. I guess that's one strategy. That was oh great. my god, that guy! I'm not very, I'm not super attracted to people in general, but oh my god! And then once we got to be friends, I was like, you know, soulmate. If only he wasn't totally happily married, Aww. that would be. Awesome. Uh, maybe she'll die in a tragic accident. Yeah, or something. there's well, always hope. Hoping. Pick up the pieces. <laughs> Oh, Andrew must have been browsing the Yelp reviews for Miller's Pub because he comes across one from the best client ever, D. Danny, who's Mm. banned because they say anyway that he blacked out, assaulted a manager, puked in the bar, and then uh, he thinks they're talking about somebody else. It's not possible that he just forgot. (laughs) God, that's all it takes? Was he the guy that screamed, I don't hate women? No, that was somebody at a different bar because Luke had made his exit. After hanging out, he's like, bye, guys. And then he realized his Uber wasn't there and he'd freeze to death if he waited for it. And he couldn't go back in because that would be super uncool. Oh, he made his exit. So he went to a different bar that he thinks might have been called Lily's, I think, and witnessed a man yelling at a woman about how much he doesn't hate women. Sure. That that proves, oh, case closed on that. Convinced me. Yeah. Uh, The top story for today is that a giant cobra came up through a toilet in the South African sewer system. And uh, someone unsuccessfully tried to wrangle it into a container that was too small for it. And it went right back down. And now it's haunting their sewers. Isn't this every kid's nightmare? Every single kid at yes. some point has been afraid to sit on the toilet in case something comes back up. You know that sound that a toilet makes when you flush it, but only halfway? Like uh-huh. it makes, I used to think that was a yeah. literal monster. I was so afraid to flush oh, no. the toilet. And this will come up later in the week, actually. Um, but that kept me away from it for a long time. <laughs> Gave me a lot of anxiety, like the snake. <laughs> I was listening to that um, top story and I went and looked at the video uh-huh. and then I posted it on the Stens page and uh, I got a uh, a message from Jeremy <laughs> Saying, um, did they talk about that on the show? Like I would just, <laughs> like I'd be some, you know, the random Stens person that's just, this entertained me. You're just I posting put random crap. Yeah, exactly. It's my thing. I kind of like toilet snake stories. <laughs> 
Well, they're right. That poster tube looking container is definitely not big enough to contain that no. snake. <laughs> and and the the scariest part about this is that it's a cobra, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, huge snake, huge snake, but a cobra will bite you and kill you. Yeah. I don't know. I just sort of watching that guy, I feel like there would have been a, a better way to do that. Well, the cobras are the the kind of snake that snake charmers yeah, uh, yeah, charm. Right. So wouldn't a charmer been a better option? <laughs> yeah, grab than your some flute, schlub dude. with a <laughs> with a too small poster tube. <laughs> well, there should have been two of them. And the guy with the snake grabber should have had two snake grabbers. Yeah. And, a and then basket. the other guy should have held the tube. Yeah, a pretty <laughs> basket they could have curled it up in. Yeah. <laughs> they slam the lid shut and get it out of there. How much would you how much would you pay someone who who actually was good at snake removal if you had a cobra in your toilet? A million dollars. <laughs> Every penny you have. Every single <laughs> <laughs> Take the house. <laughs> yes, you're, you're calling Merrill Lynch. You know, <laughs> I'm moving uh, to Antarctica. <laughs> this guy needs seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I'm going to give it to him <laughs> if he can get this snake out of my toilet. <laughs> or maybe you just burn the house, or you wear diapers forever. <laughs> right. Come on, NASA, get on this. Just close that bathroom door. Put bricks in the doorway. <laughs> That's it. That room doesn't exist. Oh, boy. Um, Before we move on from Top Story, can we just talk about the fact that Luke chooses this moment at the live show to question whether the Top Story drop is really the right one to be using? (laughs) He didn't think that through. (laughs) After how six and a half, seven and a half years as a podcast, he chooses now to say, is this a good choice for Top Story intro? Well, at least he got immediate feedback on that. Right, right. Idea. It was good that he brought it up at the live show because he would have just Everyone done it on a random Wednesday and, you know, it would have taken a lot longer for the feedback to, mm-hmm. to get to him. Yep. Uh, moving on, Andrew or Luke starts talking about the idea when you're in the drive-through or the line at Starbucks that you pay for the person behind you's coffee, and then that uh, presumably you continue that on paying for the next person and the next person. But this kind of backfired on Carrie because she got a sub three dollar coffee and then had to pay thirteen dollars for the car behind her. I think this is bullshit. Um, yeah, knock the shit off. Yeah. Don't just stop it when that happens. Just end the chain. Be, be the Grinch and save everyone else and save your baristas. Um, I don't know, though. Peer pressure. Yeah, I think we need to be stronger than that. And we got an email later in the week explaining why. I think that guy made some really good points. Well, why Why is this a thing, though? I mean, I'm in line at Star. This doesn't happen to me except when I'm picking up something for Emily. But I'm in line at Starbucks. I can obviously afford my coffee. Otherwise, I wouldn't have ordered it. So why are you taking pity on me and paying for right. my coffee? It's a circle jerk, but in a line. <laughs> it's not supposed to be taking pity because you don't think that they can pay for it. It's not someone in a restaurant, you know, paying for the single mom with four kids. It's just supposed to be a nice gesture. I don't know. We're all humans together on this planet. I'm going to do something nice to you. But it's not nice because you still have to pay for coffee. True, yeah. right? Yes. You're not saving any money. You're yeah. potentially spending three times more than you wanted to. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. if you confined it to a single instance where you said, I'd like to pay for that person's coffee. But once you start the coffee chain, right. yeah, you're totally right. 
then it just transfers obligation to the next person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's awkward and and no one is paying for what they wanted to pay for. Um, I used to go to Starbucks when I had a few extra bucks when I was in college. I probably couldn't afford to do that, pay for some random $15 coffee all the time. Right. Uh, That would have broken me. Um, (laughs) Andrew starts to dig a hole by kind of just casually calling Carrie attractive. Yeah. And then he drills (laughs) down to the center of the earth by turning it into a discussion of someone hitting on her via coffee purchases, which is not what this was about. Yeah, he totally missed the the avenue of conversation that Luke wanted to take this down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then they start talking a little bit about reciprocity. Um, Luke said he wanted an app to rank favors. Like if you bring coleslaw, then now I have to help you move. And Andrew said, well, that sounds like friendship, (laughs) which I thought was a good point. (laughs) There is a thing, though, you know, I I mean, I uh, friendship reciprocity. It, yes. it should be a thing, right? It's something to keep in the back of your head, but you don't need a, a, a actual scorecard. Right. I mean, you can't just be asking and asking and asking and never giving. Right. But I don't know that um, coleslaw entitles <laughs> no. them to ask you to move. <laughs> I guess it depends on if you salad. like coleslaw. <laughs> yeah, that must be some damn good coleslaw. Um, next up is, uh, I know Mike's favorite, uh, part of the live show is this, uh, confounding quiz about Chicago, which was actually about Home Alone 3. What the hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think Jake saved the day because he was an actual stand-up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Mariah is somebody who once hung out with Luke somewhere, so he remembered her. But it was all downhill from there. Uh, the very first question caused a lot of controversy about whether a neighborhood existed or not. Uh, and Andrew going through the very complex and weird setup for Home Alone 3 involving international spies in North Korea. Yeah, that, that seemed uh, – it didn't make me want to watch the show. I, I don't want to – if I'm putting on Home Alone 3, I don't want to do a lot of mental gymnastics. No. <laughs> Nope. So I'm not going to cover too much about that because um, I found it hard to listen to. I had a real hard time getting through Monday, guys. I think I was telling you this in our chat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was listening to it in 10 minute chunks and I didn't finish it till Wednesday. Um, Is it the the audio that threw you? No, I, you know, it. sometimes live shows translate well to a podcast format and sometimes they don't. And for mm-hmm. me, I think it was just, I don't know, I didn't hear anyone else complaining. So maybe it was just my issue, but I just didn't find it all that engaging. <laughs> it probably would have been different if I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I am, I, I don't want to say this because it's going to make some people mad, but I guess I will go ahead and say it. I'm not a big fan of Serengeti. That song, you know, was funny and it was pretty good or whatever, but, uh, he wasn't that engaging. He wasn't really trying that hard to engage. And um, I think w- what we got on our hands is kind of a hot Greg situation where someone yeah. is good in small doses, but um, do not feature them. He seemed a little bit um, too cool for school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, yeah, you're, you're right. He just didn't seem to be, Engage very much. And I think that could be hard 
for guests on TBTL because it yeah. is such an insular thing and so mm-hmm. meta and so many inside jokes that mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with all the layers, I think it can seem pretty impenetrable. That's why right. I most enjoy the shows when someone like Stu or Phyllis or Chris Hayes, mm-hmm. people who actually listen to the show and know what it's about. Yes. And I, yeah, I have nothing against Serengeti, but he did, he did seem a little, a little off. And the part where Andrew decided that he had to play the Bartman butterfly mashup for him. Oof. I was just so, I was embarrassed. It was, it was cringy and, and nothing against the song because that's our friend Jojo in Tokyo and he no, did the a song great itself job. Is wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Of making the mashup of the two, but it's totally based on an inside TBTL yeah. joke. And <laughs> you can't is, explain is. that. And have somebody no. else from the outside appreciate it the same way. No. And he said just about as much as he could have. He was like, well, that's a mashup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Those are two songs that someone slammed together. Yes, they are. He had no idea why. Yep. Did a really good job of it, but means yeah, nothing absolutely. to me. I don't understand it. And I, he didn't even know the Bartman song, which is a little confusing to me. I thought he would. <laughs> Whatever. Um uh, it's the show is saved though because our friend Bridget comes up to show off her new awesome tense tattoo. Yay! Yay, Bridget! That's commitment. Mm-hmm. I, I asked earlier how much money you'd spend to get a cobra out of your toilet. How much money would it take to get a uh, tattoo, even a tense tattoo, for y'all? Oh, I've had a couple tattoos, so I've actually paid money to have that. But I'm, to me. no, I'm talking about like a tense tattoo oh, a tense right tattoo? now. A, a new tattoo. Like, are Depends you in the phase of your life where you would get a tattoo and would you get a tense tattoo? Hmm. I, I'm not, I don't I, know. I've had both of mine removed, so I'm not really going <laughs> to. Right. <laughs> I don't want to go get more. Um, 10000 if, if it was somewhere hidden, sure. I'd do it for $10,000. Visible. Like where? Uh, for Forehead. <laughs> no. <laughs> Forehead, be, no. We're nope. not going to go Mike Tyson on anybody, but... Forearm is a location I had a tattoo and I didn't like it because it was too visible. So that would be $50,000. $50,000. And? Yeah. Well, I don't have any tattoos and not because I'm against them, but I've never cared enough about anything that I've wanted to memorialize it on my body. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a hard c- calculus to do. Do I have to keep it or can I get it removed later? No, you, you got to keep it. It's lifetime. Getting a tattoo removed hurts a million times yeah, more than would, getting it yeah, on. I would never. If I got something, um, I'm I'm sticking to it. And it takes I, forever. Too yeah, big of a really, chicken to get it removed. I'm not into um, optional pain, you know, choosing mm-hmm. to do something that <laughs> right. deliberately that hurts. Right. I don't know. I I, mm, I would do it, I think, if it was a 10 tattoo and it wasn't a big thing. But I have no idea how much money it would take. Okay. That's all I've got for Monday. So I'll take us to Tuesday, number 2266, Plainsy, Automobilesy. Andrew just wants to, at the beginning, shoehorn in a reference to the Reader's Digest humor in uniform episode. He's been sitting on this since he went home to Cleveland. He just wants to say that it's not as funny as he remembered. Um, Luke is now feeling a little froggy or sick, which is an ongoing theme throughout the week. And the first substantive topic is the travel nightmare that Luke and Carrie experienced on their travel home from Chicago. And it seemed, did they spend the day in Chicago? Is that what it sounded like? And then their flight was a little later? Yeah. I think that's what he said. Um, and so 
Luke goes to the trouble to explain that the plane was delayed out of Seattle, which meant that it was delayed into Chicago, uh, delayed out of Chicago and back to Seattle. And so as a result, they missed the connection to Bellingham. And he's a big dogging it because he feels like they should have held the Bellingham plane for them. Of course. Of course he feels that way. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he says that this is not an unheard of thing, but I, really? I've been on a plane where they will wait a few minutes if they know someone yeah. is running to it. Yeah. They they have to have like confirmation that yeah. the person is like, you know, minutes away from Luke claims in, that this was a three it. minute difference. And I am dubious of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so he was upset about that, that they didn't hold the plane for him. But then he was also upset because, um, the the gate staff was gone, so he couldn't yell at them. And he has a theory <laughs> that once they sent the plane, they all scrammed so they wouldn't have to face That's him. when you know that you are really late and shouldn't be mad about the plane leaving is yes. when the airport is closing down. Yeah. You know, the gate is closed because it's over. It's yep. been over for a while. <laughs> well, and one of his claims was they should have held it because there's no connections being missed out of Bellingham. Uh, but I think that kind of ignore, ignores part of the point of why planes need to run on time. It's because they turn them around immediately and fly somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Right? Like right. that plane has a schedule. It has to stay to. It's just yep. making this chain reaction even worse if he makes the plane wait longer. But then he's also upset because he went down to the customer service uh, rep and felt that she was not contrite enough. Mm. <laughs> she just – she was um, – Maybe a little, a little brisk or a little matter of fact. And she wasn't apologetic that they <laughs> did not hold the plane for him. So, um, I put myself in Carrie's shoes in these situations and I wonder mm -hmm. how she feels about this. Does she just sort of throw her hands up and be like, I'll be over here when yeah, you're done? That's what I would do. Screaming sure. at this poor person or does she try right. to intervene? While he's trying to enact the Burbank butterfly effect to the entire transportation <laughs> system in the United States. <laughs> well, I am not down with yelling at people who are not at fault for no. a situation. Even if they are a representative of the company, I don't think that's cool. Mm -hmm. You can get your point across and be polite and let them know that you're upset. Being mean to them is certainly not going to help your cause. Nope. I think we've seen that you just start tweeting and then you get free stuff. Yep. It's the only right. time I use Twitter. <laughs> right. At Delta. Yep. You, you fucked up. Give me some free stuff. Yep. And as, as a consequence of this, uh, their baggage is in limbo because what did they say? They booked them, they booked them on the flight out at like 10 a.m. the next morning. So the baggage went to whatever holding zone for that flight. So they can't mm -hmm. get their baggage because they can't just put it on the carousel and let them pick it up. So I guess they must have, we didn't hear any more about that. He must've gone back to the airport and picked it up. Sometimes they'll the bring it day. to you. Yeah. And the rental car place was closed when they decided they would just drive. So they had to use the rental car kiosk and then they had trouble figuring out uh, the correct reservation number to use and the machine didn't like Luke's credit card. <laughs> And it was really all just a giant fiasco. But they ended up getting, a, oh, I'm sure, a wonderful Chevy Aveo mm -hmm. little tin can. And they made it home at like 1 a.m. 
He's had that Aveo coming for a long time because he's been making fun of the Chevy Aveo. Yeah. Next, I hope he gets a Honda Fit when he gets in this situation. Yeah, that's his Those next are his two go-tos for mm-hmm. shitty small cars, yeah. We owned a Fit. I like it. I know. They're good cars. It's not a luxury car, but it's a good little car. No, exactly. He does mention that because both their cars are both bigger, it's been a long time since he drove a little itty-bitty one and sort of the feeling of being sort of blown Mm-hmm. across the road that mm-hmm. I that used to worry me when I would drive my little Saturn and the winter yeah. winds were pretty strong that that's pretty um disconcerting I will say yes we had is. an element for a while and just the profile of that car it's it's going to get pushed around by the wind and it was a you had to put both hands on the wheel when yes. there was any wind yeah because those are giant rectangles aren't they yeah exactly it's mm-hmm. just the wind wants to knock it over Well, this all got wrapped up uh, when Luke called Alaska Airlines today and they gave him a $100 credit to cover the cost of the rental car. So he seems appeased by that. It's Mm -hmm. forgive, but don't forget seems to be what he's doing with that. Well, the bright side, the whole story, they they got home for their pets. That's what they were really racing home to take care of uh, Olive and Rudy. And they got home to do it. So Yep, that's good. Uh, Andrew flew Continental home. There's Time a travel? Of- <laughs> <laughs> a lot of confusion about what airline Andrew was flying. Have either of you forgotten what airline you were on one no. day after you flew? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you. it might take a second, you know, but you, it'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> But um, he says that the flight was really very tight. I mean, the whole idea of the squishy knees and the knee defenders mm-hmm. and the right. being sardined into the seats comes up. And he said that the seats were very upright <laughs> and that they have the TV controls mounted on the armrest of the chair. And so he kept accidentally turning the TV on with his elbow. I, I'm not familiar with this setup because I haven't flown Continental in a long time. So <laughs> No, none of us have. He was on United, right? <laughs> yes, I think so. I think that's who bought them. <laughs> Good lord! I'm guessing Northwest because it because red color, right? That's that, that's my guess. Mm. <laughs> Continuing with Skyjinx, Luke talks about how he rejected the first class upgrade he was offered because he did not want to leave Carrie in steerage by herself, mm-hmm. and so he. They're going to LA, as we know, this weekend, and he is eligible for an upgrade again. And so he's trying to figure out what he he's going to do, because as we all know, getting upgraded is sort of one of his pinnacle ambitions in life. You know, that's one of the things that signals to him that that he's made it. And so um, what he's thinking he's going to do is uh, offer it to the rando who's sitting next to Carrie so that they will sit together in um, coach and some unsuspecting person can have a treat. That's nice of him, but there's no way he would ever do it without telling everyone in the world about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is what happened, right? <laughs> and didn't we didn't we bring up the idea, what if it's a couple sitting next to Carrie? Then one of the mm. couple will go up to first class and leave the other one there? I, I would send Emily because she really enjoys first class and I don't care at all. I can sit still for a few hours without any special treatment. But um, back to the thing about 
being in first class, being upgraded to first class as a, um, representing that you've made it. What represents that you've made it is that you book first class. What you pay what, for it? Yeah, getting upgraded <laughs> to first class represents that you fly a fuck ton. <laughs> on someone else's dime usually, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Emily, you know, she gets upgraded because she flies a lot. You know, she's not like, she's made it. She, no, she flies a lot. Right. And she'd rather not. But if she has to, she, you know, she flies so much that, you know, first class is is nice. I don't fly a lot, so I can sit still. I don't give a shit. Um, all right. Moving on. Top story for today is the new Amazon Go store. That opened up. It has no lines, no checkouts, no staff. I mean, I assume somebody has to stock the shelves, but nobody to help customers. And it just uses an app on your phone to pay. I guess you turn the app on and, or maybe scan your phone when you go in the store. And then it just knows what you take out and charges you accordingly. And so they're lowering the barriers to people buying things, just making it that much easier. I I don't know that I um care that much about going through the line. I'm going to buy the things that I need to to buy. The one one thing I was thinking about is what if two people leave at the same time? Then how does it know hmm. which account to charge? I wonder if you have to scan the items with your phone. Oh, I don't maybe. know. I watched the demo advertisement thing. They didn't yeah. show that part, but who knows? Well, I hope for Luke's sake that it's easier than Apple Pay. <laughs> well, Luke just grabs what he wants and leaves anyway. <laughs> right. Really is, so. <laughs> and and they um, talk about whether this is, or they suspect that it's a publicity stunt by Amazon for the Christmas shopping season in that Amazon always seems to come out with these big new things that just happens to get their name in the news and them to the top of people's consciousness right mm -hmm. about this time every year. Although I don't know that they're, they need to raise their profile in my consciousness. No. No, this feels real. This feels like something that that's coming down. Yeah. The line. Aren't, aren't they testing it out just with employees right now? So like the public can't yeah, even use so. it right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, little red bandwagon.com slash Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Continuing on this, Luke tells the story of how he almost, I guess he kind of did shoplift a tube of wood glue from the hardware store. Just be, he wasn't trying to take it, obviously, but he was juggling some items and he just absentmindedly put it in his pocket and he forgot about it. And as he left the store, the security guard um, came up to him and said, are you going to pay for that? He was like, what? And then, of course, went back and paid with him. But he's um, a little bit miffed about uh, how it was handled. And he thinks basically that since he doesn't look like a suspicious character, that the security guard should have given him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. How dare you they know, treat him like a common criminal as he was acting like a common criminal. <laughs> it's a reverse profiling. I look innocent, therefore. <laughs> Be yeah, nice to I, me. That's, that's the white male privilege at work. You know, we, we feel like we should be able to do whatever we want and, and get away with some accidental shoplifting where had he been a uh, middle-aged black fella, they would have gaffled him up right there and yep. he would yep. have done a night at County. Mm -hmm. And um, my experience is that people will lie, lie, lie 
smooth as cream, straight to your face. That's yeah. why the security people have to be mm-hmm. pretty, pretty hard ass about it. It's because mm-hmm. there's some bad people out there who have absolutely no problem and will act as innocent as can be with their pockets full of junk. And Andrew wants to know, why didn't this guy approach Luke before while he was still in the store and say, hey, buddy, don't forget, you have that tube of glue in your pocket. Make sure you pay for that. And Luke speculates it's because it's not stealing until you actually leave the store with it. And that is correct. As far as Mm -hmm. Minnesota law goes anywhere, I I guess I can't um, speak to Washington state law. But in Minnesota, it is not stealing until you cross the threshold of the store. And you are perfectly within your rights if you have like a bag or whatever, if you want to put it in the bag while you're walking around. Um, no problem. It's not until you leave that you can actually be charged with stealing. And <clears throat> excuse me, when I worked in the in the mall, we had these long glass windows that looked out onto the exit entrance from Macy's. And one time I saw this guy come into the store and he was acting really strange, like he wasn't looking at the merchandise. He went straight to the middle of the windows and was looking at the window. So I went over to see what's going on. And he told me he was undercover security for Macy's and they wanted to watch the exit for the store and wait until some person came out and then they were going to go. And he was there for a while and then he got on his radio and he was like, it's go time. And he ran out of the store. And How exciting. I know. So, oh, yeah. And... um. They speculate that security has no legal authority to stop people, which, of course, is true because they're not law enforcement. Mm -hmm. But I find that um, perceived authority does a really good job, Mm -hmm. which is another reason that he was being so strict with Luke is if you say it in a firm and authoritative manner, then people more often than not will obey you, even people who have shoplifted stuff. If you say, I'm going to need you to come back into the store right now. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. Of course, the guy was bluffing, but uh, Luke could have left, been like, hell no, and the guy would have had to call the police to detain him. But I thought it was a very a very interesting look into Luke's mindset. <laughs> and moving on deeper into Luke's mindset, Howard Schultz is stepping down as the daily uh, CEO of Starbucks, and Luke thinks that this means that he wins. He's won in his ongoing <laughs> battle. The battle Howard that Schultz. Howard Schultz is unaware of. <laughs> uh, this this makes me, I don't know. I, Luke has not been battling very hard. I put battling in quotes <laughs> there. You right. know, as well. he sucked up to the guy when he met him. And clearly they they go there a lot, he and Carrie. So, I mean, I'm not saying I never go there, but I never buy anything for myself. And I, if I met Howard, I would not be rude to him because I'm not rude to people. Right. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't suck up to him like I would if I met, you know, some celebrity that I actually liked and respected. But wouldn't you want him to think that you were super rich? <laughs> no. That's the most no. important. Thing. He'd be able to tell from my cargo shorts and my t shirt that I am not <laughs> rich. Well, Luke magnanimously thinks that maybe he should just let the whole Sonics thing die at this point. <laughs> Forgiven, forget. Uh, well, <laughs> no? who knows? I mean, now uh, Howard has a lot of time on his hands. He can now go ruin another franchise. <laughs> well, they speculate if um, he has any potential political aspirations because he is kind of a politically active guy, right? And maybe a, a run for office is in his future. Mm. And um, they talk about how it, in the political arena is one of the few. 
uh, professions in which lack of experience is a plus. It is now, apparently. True. It's a prerequisite now. Luke says that he had too many drinks at the live show. He was a seven or an eight out of ten drunk during the show. That's he said usually yeah usually more like three or four drunk during the show and then of course afterwards all bets are off and Andrew apologizes because he feels like he was kind of putting on a character um, who was um, making fun of Luke or maybe kind of ball busting him during the show I didn't really see it that way no Hmm. I thought Andrew was pretty funny during the show Mm -hmm. I did too yeah and in emails today uh, on the subject of uh, the buying coffee, pay it backwards chain. Um, Max, the barista, writes in saying that um, baristas always hate people paying for um, other people's coffee because somehow the tips get kind of lost in the mix there. Mm-hmm. And Luke brings up that he can't tip using his credit card at Starbucks. So he just doesn't. I assume he he's talking about a prepaid card because you or was it was he really talking about his credit card? Because Starbucks has those like preloaded cards that you can just keep putting money on. Yeah, I don't know. Should have a dollar to tip people, I guess. Yeah. But um, and then I did read uh, something on online that said if you use the Starbucks app, you can tip through that. Yes, you can. I use the app all the time. And uh, it gives you the option to tip 50 cents, a dollar, dollar fifty or any amount you want. Oh, so, so it's really easy. It's just a move by Starbucks to try to, to, to get you to use their app mm-hmm. instead of your credit card so that they're not socked with credit card fees. Probably. All right. That's all I got for Tuesday. Okay. Wednesday, 2267. Cheese stick. Uh, you sure or it's as not I read it, Ch3 three, three, stick? Right. CH33SE STK, which. To me, when I first saw it, I read cheesesteak oh. <laughs> because I was a little bit hungrier than just for a cheesesteak. Sort of a good license plate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but- where it might be too many, which again, Luke. Yeah. Know, it's not good at counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it's not going to work. Why Why um, do three threes for the first two E's and then a, a real E for the third E? Meredith, because that would be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> then it would look like Jesus stick. Well, I wrote it in our run sheet and it looks ridiculous, so maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't doesn't track. Uh speaking of tracking, the top of the show Luke announces that Olive has a tracking chip now, so she's allowed to go wherever she wants and she pretty much has the run of the town and they always know where she is. This is Meredith, you you're up on pet technology. Is this a thing now where well, you can it's not a, track them on so your phone I think what he's talking about is a microchip and and those aren't like live tracking. Those depend okay. on an animal being found and taken somewhere yeah. where they can be scanned. Um right. so I doubt that that she has a GPS tracker injected under her scruff. What she probably <laughs> right. has is just the microchip. Right. Um you can get trackers, but they have to go on their collars. Right. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I haven't heard about that technology. And there are a lot of lost dogs in our neighborhood. And mm-hmm. we picked one up a couple of weeks ago and we took him to a vet and they he had a chip and we were able to track down the owner and get him back. But um, I just didn't think, you know, there was something that they would put under the pet skin that you could actually just look on your phone and go, oh, gee, you know, Olive's, you know, down at the lake again. That would be nice. Um, yeah. But you have to buy an external thing. Uh, yeah. 
because, you know, yeah, I've had the same experience. I picked up a couple little yappy dogs on a busy street near my house last year and took them to the vet to get scanned and they had chips, but their owners never updated the information. Yeah. Oh, right. So no. these things are kind of fraught with with issues. Everything has to be just right for the pet to be returned. Um, so so their their chip just said, oh, these were in, these were installed in Florida, and that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, yeah. Ours the, the the dog that we took in, it was a shelter in San Antonio where he'd been adopted, and then people just don't understand when they adopt the dog just because it has a chip. Um, you know, you have to. You have to then call and put your information in there. Otherwise, it right. just takes you back to the shelter and they won't really give you personal information. So we ended up, it was on Nextdoor or Facebook or something where we, we found the owner. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the, the, the chips, chips are only as good as the information. Right. That the people have. So, uh, Luke is losing his voice again going into the EMP gig, which it's, he sounded way worse last year. To me. Oh, it was terrible last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So uh, he's excited. Uh, Joe Walsh, Ringo Starr, and a, uh, I guess some other celebrities are going to be there. It sounds like a pretty cool event. That's a mm-hmm. the um, EMP is now the Museum of Pop Culture. Isn't that what they said? Yeah. Yeah. It always was. Because it, it, it was, you know, I mean, there was music stuff going on in there, but it was so much pop culture. It's a neat museum. Uh, ugly as hell. But uh, I'm glad he's getting a chance to do that because that's it seems to be important to him to get these celebrity run-ins. Um, Luke is irritated because he gets an email from Jimmy Wales from Wikipedia uh, with a shitty tone about <laughs> uh, we can't be chasing you down for your you know your fifty bucks, so <laughs> fork it over now. <laughs> you get a shitty tone lecture when you go to their page now too. Yes, I know. I went and looked and I said, what? When did they get shitty? Are they, uh, um, I mean, Wikipedia is great and it's useful and I've never contributed, so I'm not, you know, but are they losing money? Are they getting so bitter? Why is, why is the I think they're just being dramatic. I would think maybe it's harder for Wikipedia to raise money because to me, it feels like Wikipedia is something that ought to be free. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that it's a, an organization that needs money from me doesn't really track very well. So I would guess that this hard ass tone is, is because, I mean, there's no, it's not puppies or kids <laughs> right. who need school lunches or anything. It's information. I would think that's a little harder to cultivate donors. Well, mm-hmm. they got to hold a hammer and just say, we're pulling it <laughs> on Wednesday. If, if we don't get some money, you know, and so yeah, many people would I'm, be like, Take oh, Wikipedia yeah. dark for a couple of days and see right. how the donations go. Think of the marital arguments that would never be solved. <laughs> oh, I know. Of Ooh. course. Um, and the tone, the, 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 I think I captured the tone. Uh, I wrote down, I think it was a direct quote um, when Luke said, what's the cash situation over there, dummy? <laughs> They were just getting a little personal. Um, there's yep. a, uh, an article that comes out in the Seattle Met magazine that really slammed radio, you know, says it's a dying medium, which we kind of know it, that it is, yeah. but it is m- morphing in a way. And <clears throat> Luke seems to be doing well in, in that, you know, in, in radio in its current state. I, I know the show is doing well. It's getting, um, it's getting picked up on more stations 
the ratings are good, and the show is just flat out better than it used to be. So uh, I think the the article, you know, it it only what did Andrew said there was there was some miss. Oh, it said that that Luke would, had left Seattle, right, right to host in Portland, right, right, where he's never lived. Right, he moved further away from Portland. Yeah, actually. <laughs> And and Luke says that that this is sort of a fact of life of any interview that he's only ever had mm-hmm. one or two interviews where he felt like all the facts were translated correctly. Yikes! Right, it's like if if one of us wrote an article about Luke, all the facts would probably be pretty close to correct. But yes. fact is, you know, the reporter doesn't know him and doesn't know, you know, hasn't been following him intensely for seven mm-hmm. or eight years, so they're gonna, you know, make a few little mistakes. So that wasn't the worst thing. God, maybe they should ask us to write their articles. Between all of <laughs> yeah. us, we've got we've got some journalism and some writing experience, and we certainly know our subject matter. That's true. Mm-hmm. I I would uh, they wouldn't want me. I'm too critical. That's what I hear. That's the feedback that I get. I'm too critical. Um, I'm not critical of Luke's handling of uh, singing a gospel song. Uh, it, he was really really good. I'm always impressed when he sings because. He's really remarkably naturally talented. He's got a nice voice mm-hmm. and he um he's on key and he he kind of gets how to sing. That's sort of a weird thing, but a lot of people don't. He he kind of feels the rhythms in the right way. And especially considering I I don't know how much um singing experience he's had other than karaoke and a mall in the night visitors. <laughs> But he never talks about Dick's fries. Yeah, he he never talks about being in a a choir or any kind of um, vocal training or anything. So I'm impressed by his Mm -hmm. his singing talent. Yeah, he's a natural. Yeah. Uh, Beth's Cafe comes up, uh, the 12 egg omelet that Beth's is famous for, which has been featured on Man vs. Food, a show that I'm glad is off the air now because I would happen upon it and. and be mesmerized by this guy trying to eat all this <laughs> terror. I mean, because to me, one of the worst feelings in the world is being totally full. I hate it. <laughs> I just hate it. I hate it worse than pain. And just watching this guy and he's like sweating and I mean, and, and watching him at Beth's, I'm like, <laughs> why do people do this? What What is the what is the appeal? Did either one of you ever know somebody who'd like to do this, who like to like be challenged as how much they eat? Oh yeah, my brother will do it. Oh. Totally. Ew. I when we went to Langer's and we were getting sandwiches, what was it? The turkey BLT or I forget what it was, but it was some sandwich and the waiter was like, "You know, I've only ever had one or two people eat this whole thing. It's a pretty big sandwich." My brother was <laughs> like, "Bring it on." Challenge accepted. <laughs> The sandwich thing, there's just no way for me, even if I if, even if I could stomach the whole thing, it would just, with my small mouth, I can't get, get usually get a good <laughs> bite. So just give me a fork and knife and I'll get to work on it, I guess. It'll be six months to a year before I can do that again. Oh, yeah, that's Aww. true. <laughs> you can't eat a sandwich through a straw. <laughs> Put it in the blender. You should have had him dial up your jaw so that when it, when everything was healed, you could open it so wide enough to eat like a a cartoon ham, you know? <laughs> you could Ow. just unhinge that thing. <laughs> like the guy on the Reach toothbrush commercial. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man. Um, they discussed the Xfinity ad, uh, where the shitty grandkids are complaining on social media that their, their, um, grandparents don't have Wi-Fi, So their, their grandparents gear up the house. Is it, have either of you seen this ad? No, no. Yeah. What little assholes. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And yeah, the little kids are assholes. And, and when I saw them complaining, I mean, my first reaction when I saw them complaining on, I think it was Instagram or something, um, that they were about to go over to their grandparents' house and it was going to be, you know, terrible, is I would make it even worse. I like if there were any board <laughs> games, I would burn those, you know, just scorched earth on that. And we're not even going to play tic-tac-toe. You just sit there. That's what I Going want Going to, to your do. grandparents' house is never supposed to be fun. Come no. on. Nope. I guess I did hear it. They did a deep dive on after these messages, of course. If Andrew's excited enough about a commercial that he wants to talk about it on TVTL, mm-hmm. you know it's getting a thorough treatment on after these messages. Yeah. So I've yeah. heard the audio. I just never went and watched the commercial. All right. Then they uh, discussed the current SNL cast. Um, the takeaway is it's it's pretty good cast and... Um, my takeaway from SNL is Kate McKinnon is transcendent. She's, yeah. she's so good. She's the best. She's amazing in everything she does. People used to say that about Kristen Wiig, about how good Kristen mm-hmm. Wiig was. And she was, she is. I think Kate McKinnon is better. Yeah. 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 Cause I, she's talented musically as well, you know, yep. not mm-hmm. just comedy wise. So yep. she does it all. And Andrew uh, gets caught on a criticism of of uh, Aidy Bryant and some sketch uh, sketch about how she stumbled on the word retweet, I guess, and how it just ruined the whole sketch for him. That was Luke, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it Luke. was Luke. Oh, it was it? Luke. A, okay, had been bugging him for days that she made a little mistake when she said the word. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a a throw to a smash cut of Trump Towers and and the stumble, I guess. Ruined Ruined it or made it fall flat or something. Wrecked the timing. I I think that's a little harsh. On live TV, you have to make an allowance for (laughs) a mistake every once in a while. And if it weren't on live TV, it wouldn't be her fault either because who's editing this bullshit, you know? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Let's do another take, guys. Um, Top story, Kayla knows a million things, doll. Did you guys know about this doll? No. Uh it's weird. So you ask this doll questions. I mean, is it like a Google? It sounds like to be like Siri? a yeah, like a Siri for kids. I hate Siri so much. Now, I mean, a Siri <laughs> for kids. Come on, get them started young. I didn't know much about this. At least now it's in some form that I can actually punch. <laughs> it doesn't cost six hundred dollars to replace. Right, exactly. I can, <laughs> it's much cheaper if I drop kick the thing across yeah. the room. Well, there have been some complaints about this thing. I went and read a couple of articles about it, um, that it's recording kids' uh, voices and what they're saying, and mm. uh, that, that the doll is programmed to refer to Disney uh, properties quite a bit. Ooh. So <laughs> she likes The Little Mermaid, and her favorite song is Let It Go, and she wants to go to Disneyland. Uh, and also they are suspicious that this information is somehow getting to the Department of Defense. <laughs> Which, like, what are they going to do with this? <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine you, you're you a government worker and uh, you work at the DOD and uh, guess what, Stan? <laughs> you 
you got a new assignment for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh man, just got to sit in some room somewhere and listen to kids ask about "Let It Go." Don't they make the observation though that uh, putting aside the technology upgrades, these dolls are really sort of the same as they've been for the last 30 years. I remember when they were first starting to put recordings into the dolls, mm-hmm. they spoke with the same voice mm-hmm. that this one speaks with too. So it's just a little upgrade on on the technology, but really they're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's uh it just seems a natural evolution. You know, there's more you can put more more information in the thing and, you know, of course, I don't think it's suspicious that a little girl's going to like Disney stuff because little girls and boys yeah. love Disney stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not like it would be weird if if you asked, uh, what's your favorite movie? And the thing said, Platoon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's in character, you know. Yeah. Um, a, a one-off uh, discussion of Westworld, the HBO series, is considered by the guys, which I think is a mistake because it doesn't have the universality of Game of Thrones. I think the guys and me and DJ and a couple other people are watching Westworld and and no one else is, right? You all haven't seen it, right? I, st- I watched the first episode. Duff finished it. Yeah. I'm not super motivated to finish it. Yeah. It's all right. I would like to at least give it a go, but... Mm-hmm. You know, my lack of cable really. Yeah. I figured you were out on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, I just think it's such a small segment. It's a much smaller segment than Game of Thrones, then it's probably not a great idea, but I'm sure they've forgotten about it already. But it, isn't it? Um, I thought it was supposed to be some, a marquee production because it cost over a hundred million dollars. Oh, yeah. It looks amazing and it did get renewed. Uh, but I, I doubt that it's, it's pulling the same ratings. Okay. As Game of Thrones, <clears throat> but it's uh, it's a good show and it's coming back, so it's it's worth talking about, I guess. But uh, the no point conversion is on Wednesday. This blessedly week, short, <laughs> which is one of the reasons that I um, took Wednesday. Dress codes are silly. Cam Newton got uh, benched for the first series of the game on, I think it was Sunday night, um, and it turned into an interception thrown by the backup, uh, which was a disaster for Carolina. And and then it was just like they were throwing gasoline on a fire the rest of the game. So they pretty much threw away the game with a dress code violation, which is pretty amazing to do. Um, I I have an experience. Uh, I My senior year, I've said that I transferred to a Catholic school and I didn't know a lot of the rules. And they're um, it wasn't a uniform school. So like my first day of school, I went and I was, it was hot. It was in like late August and I went and I was wearing shorts and they said, you can't wear shorts here. So they sent me home to change and I came back and I was wearing sweats. And they said, <laughs> no, that's not good either. You can't do that. So I went home and then I came back and I guess jeans are okay. Cause I wore jeans and and who wants to wear jeans in August? God, I was sweating. Ugh. But anyway, I didn't get punished for that. But uh, when basketball season rolled around, we had a couple of home games, and then we were we had a road game, and it was like uh, come come back to school at like four thirty five, and get on the bus. We and we were told we had to dress up for school, wear slacks and our team sweaters and our pins, and um, so I dressed up for school. I wore my stuff, and then when I came back for the bus, I was you know wearing my dad's beer league shirt and um 
some jeans and and I got on the bus and the coach came and sat next to me and said, you're not going to be playing in the first half. And I looked around and I knew why, because everyone was wearing their slacks and their sweaters and their pins. And it, uh, man, it sucked, you know? Um, and I, so I, I, Cam, he held, he, I saw the press conferences and he backed his coach up, but you could see on his face, <laughs> he thought, this is some fucking bullshit because he looked great. He had a mm-hmm. super expensive outfit, just really great looking turtleneck. And he just didn't want to put a tie in over the turtleneck because it would look <laughs> that looks really ridiculous. ridiculous. Right. And there was no one he could borrow a dress shirt from because he is a massive human being and there wasn't time to shop or whatever. So I think the coach could have looked the other way on that one, but uh, he didn't. And they lost the game, mm-hmm. which is good because the Seahawks won by a million points. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I see the point of if you're enforcing a dress code, you have to have some standard and you can't be making individual mm-hmm. judgments on people's fashion mm-hmm. choices, but still. Yeah, but still, that's my argument too. Uh, <laughs> I saw the footage of them walking in the tunnel on the way to the locker room before the game and there were three other players in the shot and they were all wearing ties and he looked better than all of them. <laughs> he looked great, but I guess that's not the standard. Just looking, you know, looking fly isn't doesn't pass the the test. Nope. Luke is bummed about the Husky situation, which makes me crazy. The Huskies have made it into the <laughs> National Football Playoff, which they never have and maybe never will again. It's it's really rare to make it that far, but Luke wants them to go to the Rose Bowl and and you know, go to the parade and and beat a team from Iowa or something. That's right. essentially com- he wants them to play in a game they can win. Right. He wants them in their comfort zone. And, and yeah, a game that they have a really good chance of winning, probably will win, because usually when they have gone to the Rose Bowl, they have won. But, and they're 14 point underdogs to Alabama, who's one of the best teams in college football history, at least to this point. But what a, what a challenge. What a great thing. I, I don't think it's negative at all, even if we get our ass kicked to have the chance. Mm-hmm. To play against a team like that, come on! I don't understand Luke's thinking about this at all. In fact, um, once we get done here, I'm gonna I'm dashing off an angry an angry email <laughs> to him about this. I forgot how mad I was about this. <laughs> he called them lambs to the slaughter. The, the fact is, the Huskies have probably eight guys in their starting lineup that are going to be drafted uh, in the NFL. So don't feel sorry for them. That's why they're in the National Football Playoff. That's it's not they didn't get lucky. <laughs> They're a great team. So mm-hmm. let's let's not jump off the bandwagon and say, oh, could we just go to the to the the helicopter bowl, you know? Could we just go go somewhere to the fucking Beef O'Brady's bowl and beat somebody by fifty two to seven? That's not fun. This is fun, Luke. <laughs> nope. This is gonna be fun. So I'm sorry, I'm mad now. You guys can take over from here. It's okay. I just wanna mention the outro song for that day by Andrew Thompson. We're in business, which Andrew refers to as the Never Trust Robots song. I can't believe it's taken them this long to play this song about Never Trust Robots, Andrew. I love robots. I trust them. Yeah. Once they take over, things will just get better for us. I know, of course. <laughs> can't do any any worse than the humans are doing right now. No. Just call up Old Glory. Make sure you got your robot insurance first. <laughs> yeah. 
Thursday, 2268, directed by Paul Haggis, starring Tony Danza. Um, Luke is in Seattle at Wash Wash and Dormat. The exciting news for the day is he got his nine pack or whatever of Banaka Blast. (laughs) And so (laughs) there's a considerable amount of Banaka talk at the beginning of the uh, episode. And that leads to some, um, well, a first kiss story, I guess. We've heard this before, but Luke talks talks about how his first kiss was at the roller rink with Nikki B at Christian Ice Skating Night. And uh, Andrew says his first kiss, he tasted like Southern comfort and desperation, which I think was was probably a bit later than Luke's first kiss. (laughs) He was 29. (laughs) (laughs) And so they get to talking about that, the era of school, the the Banaka era, and they sort of pin it to eighth grade. And Andrew says that was absolutely the worst year for him bully-wise. And from the stories he's told, I guess we know that. And he he brings up the Degrassi high-selling vitamins as drugs things, only he wasn't actually... (laughs) intending to sell them he wasn't uh, he just wanted people to think that he had drugs what's the play there you just put them on your desk do you open your backpack and you go huh huh raise your eyebrows and like huh look at that right what's and the if play? he was if he was as friendless and bullied as he um is always saying he was who's he showing them to <laughs> right right you know that's, that's not the rest gonna come of the up story yeah. yeah, you're not going to show them to the guys who stuff you in your locker every day, right? right? <laughs> They'd steal your vitamin drugs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he says that he, um, either before or after this, he can't remember, he also sold gum at school. He would buy mm-hmm. a large quantity packs at Sam's Club and then come back and resell them at school. And he really likes buying things in quantity because it comes in the carton like that and he says he has fantasies of being a manager of a 7-eleven what i mean really if you think about it this would be incredibly good puttering right yes yeah yes prime puttering everything would be symmetric and and out facing and clean yep and Mm -hmm. you would have all kinds of cases of 24 whatever's that you were selling. I just think he's not taking into account the the people interaction right. that goes well, along with being a and the a Luke manager. You know, Luke coming in, feeling entitled to <laughs> Although he does seem to enjoy chatting with the people at the QFC. True. So maybe he'd be a, a chatty cashier, but I think he would do very poorly um uh dealing with staff. I don't think he would like that very much at all. <laughs> Speaking of uh, chatty cashiers, there's um, there's a guy at the Walgreens now that Emily goes to because I can't go in the store anymore, really. And he always comments on her items. Do y'all ever get those interactions? Yeah. I mean, Anna, is that uh, do you tell new employees to not comment on people's no, items? No, it's really a temptation. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're really an extroverted person who just likes to chat with people, you can always find something to talk about. But for those of us who are maybe a little more reserved, um, it's a struggle sometimes to interact with customers because you don't want to just stand there and ring their items up in silence, right? That's sort of weird. Right. Well, so, if it's something, if it's something like a piece of clothing or something, I mean, I think it's fine to say, oh, that's, that's pretty or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But right. if if you're working at a drugstore, especially, let's not let's not 
talk about what's what's crossing the counter, you know? Yeah, I, I generally have never talked about people's items unless it's something that maybe I have purchased for myself or something. Mm-hmm. There's a really fine line that you have to walk to avoid becoming that um, target lady character that Kristen Wiig yes. played on yes. SNL. Yes. I feel like they're trained to do this at Trader Joe's. I think I've probably talked about this before because it's come up. Um, and, and sometimes it happens for me and sometimes it doesn't. I really don't mind the small talk. Um, especially because the, the number of people I talk to on a daily basis is usually zero to one. So, <laughs> right. um, I don't mind having a little chat with those people at Trader Joe's. It almost always happens when I'm buying something, uh, cat or dog related because mm-hmm. the easy question is, Oh, uh, what's your dog? What kind of dog do you have? You know, and then mm-hmm. and then we go off on a tear talking about that, and then we then we get through it quickly and easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they. I think that is a a training point at Trader Joe's to talk about some item, and luckily they don't sell magnums or right. You know. <laughs> so Andrew was on Cairo last night on the Night Show, and this person who, who used the Twitter handle X Deplorable Sheila was harassing him. Uh, originally, she was harassing. Jason rants, telling him how terrible he was. And then he was like, it's not me. Talk to Andrew. And so she was going after him on Twitter on, I don't know, whatever he was being a, what did they say? An alt left Nazi. Yes. She called him or something (laughs) stupid like that. She sounds And yeah. Oh, I'm sure she, and her Twitter pick or something is her holding a big gun or whatever. And he got assault rifle. Yeah, he he got a, a lot of props for how he handled it. I just thought he was really passive aggressively retweeting her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I think that that was the best way to handle that. He would retweet and make comments, little no, snide comments. Do not engage. Yeah. The more yeah. the more they the more they rant at you without you responding, the crazier they look. So you just <laughs> let it go. Yep. Yep. And Luke talks about um, hearing Megan Kelly on an episode of Fresh Air uh, recently. And he, I don't know if he says that he liked her, but he liked the interview because he found her to be conservative, but reasonable. And I think that's um, increasingly rare. Yeah. Is to, because, boy, the conservatives are really being forced to adopt some extreme viewpoints, whether or not they realize it. I was listening to some show on public radio yesterday afternoon where they had a conservative commentator on and and they were asking her about Trump's tweeting policies and attacking the union guy on Twitter. And she was like, I think it's wonderful. (laughs) And I'm like, you can't possibly agree with that and be a reasonable person. No. So in top story for the day, the Pantone Color Institute has picked its 2017 color of the year and it is greenery. And uh, I like that color name just because at least I know what it means. Yep. Unlike <laughs> some color names they come up with. And they puzzle over exactly what the Pantone Color Institute is. And it's, it, it seems to me like it's a trend identification place where they just mm-hmm. sort of figure out what the popular colors that uh, designers and whoever fashion people are are popularizing in this year i think that's part of it but they they set like color standards oh you know so like if you're talking about red there's a million different kinds of red so they they have set kind of standards with numbers attached to them for the various shades okay how do i get a job like that (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. That sounds fun. It brought me back to the the color that we had to paint our house in order to sell it, and that was accessible beige. <laughs> That's what they bathed my house in before we bought it. <laughs> like 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 most beige isn't as accessible as this particular right. brand of beige. Mine was more like oppressive beige. <laughs> right. <laughs> A beige regime that no one no one could stand. Mm-hmm. I was so excited when I bought my house because I thought it would be my first chance to paint. I mean, I guess if you get permission in apartments, maybe you can, but then you have to repaint it. It's all such a big hassle. So I was really looking forward to painting. And I walked in the door here and I said, God damn it, because I knew it was the house right away. And they painted the walls just really great color. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, now I can't paint this. Yeah. You got to start smoking and ruin it and then you can repaint it. (laughs) All right. Okay, working on that. Uh, so then they talk a little bit about the psychology of, of what makes a color fashionable. I mean, where where does that swell from? Who are the trendsetters that, um, that bring certain colors to the forefront? And Luke talks about how he just can't see the, the nuance of color palettes. It's not like he's colorblind or anything. He can see that green is green, but what's the difference between green and and pale green and yellow green and I think part of that is caring. Yes. Uh, cuz I cuz right. I I I confess to the same thing. I probably could if I really wanted to, but the, I don't see the importance of the difference, so my eyes just sort of go, "Eh, forget it." He mentions that about wine too, being unable yeah. to taste the notes, and I totally agree. We Duff likes wine a lot, so uh, there's a lot of different kinds and we have to listen to to blowhards talk about the notes a lot and uh i don't know i drink it and i say oh, that's tastes like wine tastes like yeah, good wine, wine tastes like bad that's wine. Some wine right there that's about <laughs> as far as i can get i think there's a lot of emperor's new clothes going mm-hmm. on with wine <laughs> yeah yeah i believe i think so too the oaky musty raspberries whatever cigar ash which <laughs> if i tasted that in wine i would probably put it down <laughs> Um, moving on to the story that Luke really cares about on Thursday, Michael Jordan, who is the only non-Seattle athlete that Luke says he ever really liked, did he win this case? I believe he he sued a Chinese yes. shoe company for for ripping off his name for um, transliterating his name into Chinese script and uh, using it on whatever brand of shoes. Yeah, it was a dirtbag move, and they got caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So this leads to the difficulty of dealing with the the rampant bootleg culture in China. (laughs) (laughs) This Um, was a great discussion. (laughs) It really was. Especially because Andrew has on his shelf a a bootleg of 30 Rock that, what did he say, his brother-in-law brought back from China for him. So they examine this. And they say that Tina Fey on the front, and, and there is a, it wasn't the show picture for the day, I think. So if anybody hasn't checked out the show picture, they can look at that. Tina Fey is, is in a, in a very, um, a sexy, uh, picture. Like she would never, um, be in a picture like this as Liz Lemon. And, um, Andrew calls it the, the sexy accordion picture. Well, it's actually a typewriter. I mean, not to, <laughs> not Ooh. to get too sharpshooty. <laughs> But completely different object. (laughs) Hmm. And on the back, they have movie credits, which is weird in and of itself. But it turns out that the movie credits are from the movie Crash. (laughs) 
have no correlation to anybody who is in 30 Rock at all. Nope. I wonder who the audience for these bootlegs are. Is it other Chinese people who can speak English but can't read it well enough to know that this is bullshit? Or is this unobservant English-speaking people? Or I, th- I, I just I don't know. People that... Um... I mean, they can recognize the title of the show and that they know that they want that show, but they don't, the, what's on the box is irrelevant after that. So it just has to look like a box that would contain a, a DVD that one would want to purchase. Right. You know, not just a bunch of blank space. This is a good quality too, right? Like they had the actual... Um, recording of it, not just like Luke's copy of Eternal Sunshine and the right. Spotless Bind, where it was clearly yeah. someone brought a camera to the <laughs> theater. No, this was up. like a, a DVD to DVD copy or something, yeah. at least that good. Um, and somebody left Andrew a present at his door, an I Heart Wallingford button, and a little note talking about, I guess, how much they enjoyed living in Wall- Wallingford, even though their feelings have changed over the years. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of sad. The note's a little bit immaterial. But Andrew's confused. He's assuming that it's a listener. I would think that's probably a pretty good assumption. And this sort of brings up the whole idea. Is is this a stalker? How appropriate is it to just leave Luke and Andrew gifts or come by their houses? Luke would like yeah. people to maybe just drop them an email before they stop by and bring something and um andrew says yeah maybe i should set up a p.o box yeah maybe so that people aren't driven to those lengths and he says he's not too freaked out about it but he still didn't tell Veeves. and luke said he wouldn't tell carrie that's a sign that it's probably not great right yeah (laughs) it's not cool guys no don't do that i was a little surprised that they were able to find andrew's place i mean i i i know it could probably be done with some research or whatever but uh, because they're renters, um, right. it's not. I don't just don't think that information is so readily available. But you know, it's it's probably easy to find Luke's house. That's for sure. But yeah, people don't do this stuff. Don't do it. Well, I guess it must be some person who. I mean, since they live in the neighborhood, they have seen Andrew going in and out. Okay, yeah, maybe that's, that's probably. yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> they, saw, they saw him hiding got, behind a lamppost. <laughs> right, that would still they saw make him walking me nervous. Down the street and then walked behind him at a reasonable distance to figure out where he lived (laughs) right well like dr rob lives pretty close to me um he knows where i live he's been here before but he doesn't like drive by my house and wave at me (laughs) (laughs) leave presents are you sure i'm pretty sure (laughs) have you checked the bushes we've got cameras all around the exterior now so i'll find that's true (laughs) no cardiologist hiding in the bushes (laughs) yeah He'll have his surgical mask on. You won't be able to identify him. (laughs) The cops won't be able to use any of that bullshit. That's right. And finally for the day, I don't even remember how they got into this at the very end of the show. But Luke mentioned that Carrie has asked him if he's, quote, allergic to flushing the toilet, unquote. And I wrote down, deal breaker. Yes. Absolutely. It's a little thing, but that is totally a deal breaker for me. If you can't manage to flush the toilet, we have no future together. <laughs> Even if you, the, the dreamy guy at work, finally his wife gets in that horrible car accident. and <laughs> Or she they, dumps him for not flushing the toilet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh, can't pick up yeah. those pieces. Nope. Don't do it. No. I, I used to babysit for a family who 
I, they deliberately didn't flush the toilet to save water. They were mm-hmm. one of those families. And I was like, I don't care. I'm flushing the toilet. I <laughs> save the planet. Be damned. Mm-hmm. Duff does this sometimes, despite me repeatedly asking him not to. And he does it because if he go- gets up in the middle of the night, he doesn't want to wake the sound to wake me up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's not going to wake me up. Please, please, please. <laughs> please just flush the toilet. Yes. All right. Friday, 2269, Lukeless in Seattle. Uh, Luke was on KUOW earlier in the day. Uh, he talks about meeting somebody he's met about five times before and had substantial conversations with, but did not remember. Uh, this woman tried to bright side it by considering it a strength as a reporter to be the small, mousy, brown haired girl. Bless her heart. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I might not remember a person if I've only met them once before, but I would hope that by five times, and having, quote, in-depth conversations, unquote, that I would remember them. Yeah. And Luke sounds like it seems like he's actually pretty good at remembering people and remembering people's yeah. names, like listeners that he's met once he remembers them and where he met them. So this did surprise me a little bit that he wasn't able to to call her up in his mind. I think you, you need to either compliment him or insult him in some small way that he'll take in a huge way and then he'll remember <laughs> you forever. So then it'll stick in his craw forever. Yes. <laughs> It's be like, so Burbank, abandon the low-carb diet, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh boy, you'll never be forgotten now. You're in the memory bank. He talks a bit about um, always having to ask, have we met before? Um, and he doesn't really know if he has or not. And he's he likened that to swimming in a pool of which he doesn't know the depth. I thought that was an interesting analogy. Have we met um, before is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it if someone yeah. asked me, have we met before? No, That'd that's be better right. than pretending and yeah. frantically thinking, who is this person? When you're a woman, though, isn't that a, sometimes a line? You know, I think it can guy? be. It depends on how it's said. Yeah. You look familiar out of nowhere. That's that's not great. I don't like that. Yeah, that sounds like a, that's strike a, up a conversation line. Yeah. with a pretty lady. Yeah. Line. Um. Luke is calling these non-interesting thoughts one, two, and three. So number two <laughs> is something about hearing an ad for the Klezmatics doing a, a a show that's all ages. And this was somehow surprising. Thank God. Finally, kids can go see the Klezmatics. <laughs> they've, been, they've been playing those dive bars for so long. I know. Uh, you know, come on, let the kids have, have some Klezmer. It's not about the blue material of their songs. It's probably more about the venues, right? I think somebody pointed that out on Facebook. Yeah. Um, And then non-interesting thought number three, which is a lot of the show, so I don't know if if that's an accurate label, but that Luke was uh, doing his event at the Museum of Pop Culture the night before, um, helping out with this fundraiser, hosting the auction. Um, Not auctioneering, right? There was somebody else doing that. No, just hosting. Yeah. And talking a little bit about something called Casper Baby Pants. Do you guys know what this is? A uh, sort of figured that it's a kid's band? I hope so. From listening to them talk? <laughs> I would hope that none of us had a, a deep knowledge of Casper Baby Pants. Unless Mike? it's a group that like Eddie really likes. Right. Looking it up right now. I'd never heard of it. So... He's got a lot of famous people there. Paul Allen, Ringo Starr, Jeff Probst from Survivor. Um, Joe Walsh from the Eagles is the guest of honor. And 
they play a recording that Jeff Probst made for Addie years ago, who mm-hmm. was a big Survivor fan, and he promised that he'd hang out with her in Seattle, but he lied. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a nice message, I thought. It was. And how he said that when you get down to the end of everything, it's how you treat people really does matter in this world, which is how I feel. Yeah. yeah I don't here. think we should make allowances for people who are really good at what they do or geniuses or whatever. I think I don't care what you've contributed to the planet if you don't treat people well. The the little I know about Survivor, though, would contradict that, right? Don't the assholes usually win that show? I haven't watched a lot of Survivor, but I, I not it's really. Hit, it's hit or miss. Uh, there are some yeah. assholes that have won, but I, I don't know. I watched a couple seasons way, way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah it's Jeff, Jeff Probst, every time I've seen him interviewed anywhere, he always seems like a great dude. So Yeah. I'll say Luke playing this clip actually made me nervous because if he's got a clip this old on his laptop and we all know that he doesn't really do the work of backing up his stuff, if this laptop goes down in flames, this is sort of an indication of exactly how much stuff is going to be lost. (laughs) Right. If only someone were archiving the show and making, making it searchable. Yeah. Oh, Casper Baby Pants, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Ballou of the Presidents of the United States of America, oh. is making kid music Oh, through his band. Oh, so that's Casper why we Baby care. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe he was the guy who didn't wash his hands. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> Ballou's not a hand-washing guy. Um, Luke talks about how there were many famous people there, um, but his brain is bad, so he made all the jokes he wasn't supposed to make and talked about all the topics he wasn't supposed to talk about because he wants to impress and or relate to these people more than he wants to speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. And my note on that is that this is Luke's class envy at its pinnacle. I mean, this is his his core issue, right? From yes. growing up in a poor family of seven kids is that he wants to be on par with all the the big important people. Yeah. And what what I kept thinking was this is not the venue to do either of those things. This is not mm-hmm. where you relate to famous people and make them think you're one of them. And this is also not where you rage against the machine or whatever it is he wanted to thought he should be doing. You host the damn show. It's about the charity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about raising money. Um Anyway, he had to change into his tux in a bathroom. He put his stuff on the baby changing table. And I'm pretty sure those are the most filthy (laughs) surfaces in a bathroom. (laughs) It's like, that's okay, right? Sure. It's all just poop. (laughs) I have have done some real acrobatics hanging things over doors and hooks on bathrooms Mm -hmm. to avoid doing that. Yeah. Uh, Andrew talks about a little bit about how much he loves the Beatles, but he has no desire to meet Ringo Starr. They talk a little bit, something about statues. I really lost the thread on this. Something about a Joe Walsh statue or a Glenn Fry statue. Oh, wait. Back to the Ringo Starr thing. Andrew's is very strident about the peace and love. You know, right. no more mm-hmm. autographing stuff. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he has things, he has quirks about him, you know, like not wanting to answer the door at Halloween or whatever. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> if if a dude doesn't want to sign stuff and you don't want to answer the door at Halloween, you know, what's what's ruder putting out a video saying please don't send anything or just not answering your door and right. being a dick. <laughs> so, There's a lot of tone policing in this week. Yeah. 
clearly Ringo is a stone cold weirdo, right? Always. Oh, he'd have to be. So what? (laughs) It's nice that he did this rather than just like they said, you know, shoving it all in a in a landfill and saying nothing. Someone sends (laughs) you their guitar to sign or something, and you just "Ah." toss it. Yeah. Or or having an assistant sign it and send it back. Some shit like Mm -hmm. that. Peace and love. Peace and love. Andrew talks a little bit about how a couple of people during the auction were trying to sweeten the pot. It sounds like um, uh, Captain Keith from The Deadliest Catch was trying to add in some crab to your trip to Vegas. And Joe Welsh was trying to add a guitar to the trip to Vegas. And Luke had to kind of uh, on the fly explain to them how that would kind of mess up their flow mm-hmm. while trying to still host. Yeah, trying to explain anything to Joe Walsh is probably <laughs> futile. Hush tones, mic behind your back. <laughs> trying to be nice and, and reverential to a famous person, but not a dick. I feel for him. That's that's tricky. Yeah, a famous I think person kind of a who's known for being like addled. Yeah, that would be hard to explain. So I, I'd, if I was Luke, I would have been like, ooh, Joe Walsh, why'd you do that to me? Yeah. Um, anything else about this? Uh, this uh, charity event, you guys? Mm, not for me. There was at some point where where Luke talked about he just flat out uh, told us who his agent Mort was. Oh yeah, I think we we knew that. I feel like we did too. It's the one that we don't know is High School Bud, but right. we've known that Chris Cashman was Mort for a while. Okay, well, it's been I asked sure. in on the stands, and I've said who it was, and because it's mm-hmm. not a secret, but Luke just never really said it. Or I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it hasn't been a big secret. But at least finally, we can stop seeing that question on the stands. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see Doubtful. More. I'll just post more snake toilet videos because that's kind of my thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, TBTL now has an explicit tag, which I also noticed mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. pod catcher. And, and at least one person had to unsubscribe and stop listening. Because um, that's insane. Because they put I the agree. E there. They've always sworn a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like anything about the show changed. They just put a different label on it. Is this person seven years old and they're not allowed to listen <laughs> right. to certain podcasts? There's this filter. Yeah. Um, Luke is going to be on a cruise next week. So next week is going to be entirely Lukeless. Sounds like it'll be Andrew and guests. Mm. Well, we know it's going to be Stubot. Any guesses yes. about anybody else? Uh, hopefully, Phyllis. Mason. I'm hoping for Bean. Oh, yeah. Oh, they've That'd been be talking awesome. about Bean a bit lately, haven't they? Mm-hmm. That would be great. And Phyllis might pop up. She likes to surprise us. I know. Uh, we get an email from Lucas about Cop Talk. He's a small-town sheriff's deputy from Washington State, and he talks a little bit about how they have a more stringent hiring process. Um, they have kind of a different job than a city cop does. And this somehow moves on to a discussion about swear words. Uh, what, what are the various levels of swears? And do they decide that damn hell and fart are the lowest levels of swearing? And <laughs> I just mentioned it because I want to talk about how Luke called CBS a damn hell fart network. <laughs> because it won't let him say shit on the air. <laughs> um, Livewire this week is going to have telekinesis on it. And that leads us into Music for Your Weekend. Luke gives us a telekinesis song called Coast of Carolina. Um, we spend way too long learning about chopped and screwed music. I decided I don't like chopped and screwed. I don't either. I did not like that. It just, 
sounded stretched and slowed down. Well, it's it's a Jadena song, and the original is actually a really good song. Cool video, too. Um, yeah, I liked it. This version was remixed by someone named DJ Molasses, which is appropriate, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's got a he's got his thing that he does, <laughs> and it's this. Uh, Luke mentions that it sounds like it's about to go into Iggy Azalea's Fancy, and that's because it does sample Fancy. Aha. Yeah. And a listener brings us a fish song, and I was full of dread when I heard this <laughs> and couldn't listen to it. Oh, I actually didn't mind it. I think I wasn't listening real closely, but... It's one of their least offensive and most accessible songs. Yeah, I let it run through all the way. Yeah, I have fish PTSD because of a, a boyfriend. Uh, from ah. my teen years who loved them and forced me to go to fish shows with him. Not forced me, but... A jam band I felt show like I had or, or jazz show? Meredith, choose. Oh, that's a really... That's a Sophie's Choice, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, probably jam band. I've lived through more of those. Okay. I know I can do it. All right. Uh, housekeeping, the archive project. Um ongoing um get in touch with uh christy or request membership on tbtl is what is it tbtl is archivists or historitens 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 and help us out with that uh right now christy is still collecting questions for me about my life of crime and anything about the episodes that i did in 2009 the interviews on tbtl and uh we just recorded our first interview for that series. And it was with my, um, my friend from FCI Sheridan, big country, and it was a lot of fun and it's going to be a great, uh, wrap around the interview about my time in prison. And so if you have questions, that's fine. If you want to wait until the, um, the series starts, we'll be collecting questions along the way. And, and the last show will be all listener questions, uh, earbuds and earworms, uh, today, Sunday, as we record, it's probably being released. Uh, has anybody seen that or a description yet from this week? Uh-uh. So we don't have that information on hand, but uh, Nerd Out Loud. It was last week. The Jeremy Jeremy and Jeremy show was the latest one I've got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they talked about pooping in space. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I, I think I sent, I did too, and I sent Jeremy a message about, I would think I would be an ideal astronaut because, um, an ideal like lunar lander because it's a short enough trip and I usually don't poop on trips. So I won't be <laughs> someone who's going to be doing a lot of littering up on the moon. So, cause I guess there's a lot of bags of shit on the moon. Yeah. It's very important astronaut criteria. <laughs> and it seems like you could hold it a little better with zero gravity as well. Or mm-hmm. lesser gravity. Yeah, probably should be able to anyway. Anyway, gross, gross talk. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Pretty snarky.com. That's uh, Jen's site where you can uh, get cards for the holidays. And the promo code bandwagon will get you a percentage off on that. Is that uh, 20%? Yes. Yes, 20% off on that. They're really cool cards. I got my cards and they are great. They they do look fantastic. They're beautiful. Um, Anne mentioned our Amazon link that it's at uh, littlerentbandwagon.com. And speaking of that, that's where you go if you want to get involved with the show and you can um, come up with a clip from show history and maybe we'll get you on a Friday show, talk about your relationship with the show 
and play the clip. We are on Facebook, and it's either Little Red Bandwagon or the Stens page. Either way is a good way to interact with us. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail or text 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And you can leave us a review on iTunes if you like. Um, there have been a lot of reviews coming in and very, very positive stuff. But mm, even if it's, it's mostly negative, just for our, yeah, our own entertainment is what yeah. it's for. Yeah. Cause we're not trying to climb the rankings or get in the, you know, the hot no. 100 or whatever they do on iTunes. We like to hear these... what you guys have to say. You're funny. Yeah, exactly. A lot of them are really funny. And, and the, the funniest one was the lady that came after, came well, after us because yeah. she was mad. <laughs> you slug. Uh, we're all slugs so um as bobby would say with that um (laughs) the recap is uh, concluded and ladies i really appreciate you coming on with me this sunday and uh until next time this is the next party and we love you jen nailed it oh that was a sweet one Oh my lord, a he done done with my lord. Oh, I like that. A he done done with my lord. He done done, he done done what he said he would do.